Hi, I'm James P. Friel. And I'm Dean Holland. It's time to fasten your seatbelts, boys and girls. That's right. If you're an entrepreneur who's wanting to take your business to the next level and have a bit of fun while getting cutting edge advice on your business, marketing, and sales, welcome to Just the Tips, arguably the best podcast in the entire world. I guess that's good, right? Yeah, sounds good to me. All right. That was easy. That was the easiest thing we did all day. Yeah. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Just the Tips. This is your host, James P. Friel. I'm very, very happy that you guys are here with us today. Today, we've got a special treat for you. We're going to give you a sneak peek of something that's really, really cool and should be incredibly helpful for you in growing your business. And before I let you know what that is, as you guys know, there is a British man on a white horse waiting outside of the studio right now that we need to announce to bring him in. Welcome to the studio, the one, the only, the bearded wonder from the United Kingdom, Mr. Dean Holland. Hey, how are we doing, James? Awesome. Have you clipped that and have it as your alarm in the morning yet? or is that... <laughs> I should do that. And even like the house bell outside, when, when somebody's outside, they should press it and it should say... Dur, 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 dur. <laughs> yeah, that's yes. right. In, in fact, it shouldn't just do the trumpet. When they ring the bell, it should be like, welcome to the home of Dean Holland, and then do the trumpet. Yes. (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. So uh, I'm looking forward to this show. All right. Good. I'm glad you are. And I hope your mom is too, because obviously she's the only one. Only other one who listens to this. Yes. Well, hopefully she is listening today because we're going to be talking (laughs) about something that's definitely in your huge strength, something I've learned a lot from you. This is this is going to be another one of those episodes where I'm complimenting you and I, it's kind of making me vomit in my mouth a little bit. I don't know how to deal with this. Yeah. Well, just do your best to keep it together. Like, you know, we're not going to record for probably more than 30 minutes or so. So I, hopefully you can just suck it up. <laughs> I'll certainly try my best. For the sake of getting this information out there so your mom can hear it. Yes. Yes. We're, uh, I'm willing well. to uh, suffer for the people and my mom. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so noble, just yeah. like the steep. Indeed. Yeah. Well, so one of the things that we were talking about is I'm launching Hiring Like a Boss. Yes. Yes, you are. Which is super exciting. We spent a lot of time putting it together. And you know, with all of the different businesses and entrepreneurs that I've worked with, one of the things that always seems to slow people down is finding and bringing the right people onto their team. Mm. when they need them. Yes. Yeah, definitely. As we've mentioned a few times on a few episodes, but this was an area you know, in the past a couple of years that I was approaching myself going from a, a home-based business, just working just from my home to thinking, oh, you know what? I'm going to take this further and try and grow this into a, you know, a, a larger, more substantial company and I need help. And But I have no idea where to start or where do I go? What do I do? <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's where you came in, of course. So I'm excited to share a lot of this stuff with the listeners today. Yeah, well, you know, making the transition from just doing your own thing to right. starting to maybe bring in some contractors or freelancers or like whatever it is, and then mm-hmm. actually continuing to grow a team that supports your business is not necessarily the easiest transition. There's a lot going on already. By the time you're ready to hire people, you know, there's a lot of things going on already. And so it's not right. like it has your full and undivided attention, but it is really a big effort that. If you do things the right way, 
Not only do you increase the chances of finding a great person to be on your team, but it won't take you nearly as long either. And I think that's one of the critical things. It's like, I can't stop. (laughs) You can't stop your business just to go out and find somebody. Business has to keep running. And for many people, this feels like a juggling act to try and make that happen. Yeah, definitely. And and one of the things I think looking back over some experiences that I've had, this is why I'm excited to actually talk about this because I put off actually moving forwards with any sort of significant hiring because I did things very, very wrong several years ago. And it actually made me have a bad experience with the whole thing of hiring or, or contractors even as well. And so I actually took that negative experience and put myself off from hiring somebody and ended up actually starting to struggle and the business couldn't actually continue growing because I was just on my own. So this is definitely, I know, one of those subjects that as anyone's growing, they really need to hear, I think, this particular way of hiring and going through that process that you teach yeah, so that they don't actually suffer long term. Because I know that I actually suffered because I made the mistakes. Does that... Does that make sense? Am I talking gibberish? No, it does. <laughs> it it makes complete sense. And it's one of these things too, where making a mistake doing this not only costs you money, because like if you're hiring somebody and you're bringing somebody onto your team, you're going to be paying them, right? Right. And so whatever, you know, if it doesn't work out, whatever you're actually paying that person is probably going to be lost money, right? And that costs you. But the other piece that far outweighs that is... How much is it costing you to not have the right person? Mm, yes. You know, for example, like if you're hiring a salesperson, I've talked to so many people who are like, well, I don't need to worry about it because it's a commission only salesperson. Like, it's like, but really, if that person's not doing their job and they're not closing the right. leads that you're giving, there's massive opportunity costs there. Oh, yeah. You know, if you hire somebody who's closing one out of 10 people, and really, if somebody's doing a great job, they should be closing one out of four. Right. You know, every person that doesn't get closed is costing you money simply exactly. because you don't have the right person there. And forget about the fact that you're paying them commission only. In fact, right. the cost of hiring the wrong person, in many cases, the smallest cost is actually what you're paying the person. The right. biggest cost yeah. is that they're not helping you achieve your goal the way that you need to be. Yeah, definitely. And and I think this is a this is probably only one of those perspective and lessons that you learn when you've actually I guess for a lot of people at least and this includes me when you've actually made that mistake of having a wrong person or a person a good person sometimes in the wrong position. Yeah, I've absolutely. seen it as well. And I think you're absolutely right. I think actually the the sales position actually paints this picture or shares this lesson that you're on about actually a lot easier than what people would perhaps normally think of in other roles. But if you take that understanding from the salesperson perspective, like you just said, and understand that that applies to every single hire or contractor or employee that you have on your team, it really sort of shines a light on how important it is to, you know, to have a correct process in place to be able to find the right people for the right positions. Yeah, it's critical, you know, and and I mean, the salesperson's one great example. Think about your ads person. Right, you right. have somebody. Yes. If you have somebody running your Facebook ads or YouTube ads or whatever, and that person is like okay instead of great, how many leads is that costing you? Right, it's costing you a significant amount, or potentially you have the person you know who's not the right person, you know, helping you manage the company in an operations role or project management role or even an assistant. Right, and every time that that person doesn't show up and do their job the way that you need them to do it, 
That means mm-hmm. you're getting pulled back in. And if you're getting pulled back in, what are you not doing? Right? Are you right. not creating a piece of content? Are you not able to talk with your clients? Are you not able to innovate your product or whatever you happen to be doing? And all of it costs money. And it's just these hidden costs that really get us because they're just they're not as visible, but they're the big ones that we really got to watch out for. And it's it's incredibly important to make sure that you're getting great people on your team. Otherwise, not only are you not making as much money as you can, but you're probably like costing yourself a ton. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay then. So as we know, as we are often telling our guests, what is the name of this show? It is just the tips. It is just the tip. It is indeed. So I think we got to dig in then. So obviously if anyone's listening to this and they're thinking, you know what, this all makes perfect sense. I do kind of feel like I, I need more help now. I'm, I'm not growing like I should, or, or I'm doing too many things that aren't contributing towards income. Where do they actually begin? You know, do they just throw up an ad on some kind of site like Indeed or Craig? list or something. Where does somebody begin then, James? Well, I'll tell you where we're not to begin first. And that's by following in my footsteps from years ago <laughs> when I thought, oh man, I have a lot going on inside of my company. I need to just find somebody to help relieve the pressure. Right? right. I think we've all been there where there's a lot going on, especially if your company's growing. You're like, oh my God. All right. Hey, you look like you're pretty good. And somebody's just like eating their lunch at a restaurant somewhere, and you just basically like pull them out of the restaurant and say, "Hey, come work for me." <laughs> right? Maybe, maybe right. that's a slight exaggeration, but not a whole, not a whole lot, right? And I think that, right? You know, just thinking that any person will do to fit a role is, is sort of the first mistake. And it, it's funny, <laughs> I do exaggerate that a little bit, but before I started my own companies which is crazy to me, it's eight years ago now, I was managing big teams, right? I had big teams right. you know, when I was at the bank and all over the place. And so it wasn't like I was a stranger to hiring people and managing people. But I think when you're starting and when you're growing as fast as you would in a smaller company that's you know entrepreneurial, there's a lot of other things to consider. Right. And in a big established company, you know, there's already a formal HR department and they're they're the ones who are screening people and they're the ones doing all like all sorts of heavy lifting. And so I feel like I almost started from a disadvantage in the fact that I thought I knew what I was doing when in fact I really didn't know what I was doing. So I know where I wouldn't start. And <laughs> that's actually where I started. And despite the fact that I had, you know, managed big teams and been involved mm-hmm. in the hiring process and everything in my corporate role and big companies and stuff like that. I think it's different when you're running your own business and you're hiring right. for yourself. And one time the worst the worst situation was I was, you know, my agency was growing really fast. I needed some just, you know, some like administrative help. Right. Yada and I were at a bed bath and beyond one day and there was a girl in the work in the checkout line and she was, you know, I found out she went to the same college as I did and she was an engineering student and all this other stuff and and I was like, "Well, she's working part-time at Bed Bath & Beyond, maybe maybe I can just recruit her. <laughs> like literally held up the entire checkout line and <laughs> recruited this girl. Oh, wow. From her position as <laughs> at the store. It surprisingly because I, you know, obviously I put so much time into researching her qualifications and everything. <laughs> surprisingly it didn't work out. Right. <laughs> 
<laughs> I wonder why that is. I, I really, yeah. when you were telling that story, I thought, I bet she's still with you now. Oh, yeah. No, one of my top key employees. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, and and that's funny, but that happens, I think, out of one, out of desperation sometimes because we wait too long to hire people. Right. And, you know, you've heard this whole saying, like, don't hire till it hurts. Yeah. I don't know. When you're in pain, you tend to make worse decisions. I right. Think. Yeah. When you're under pressure and you're just almost like, I need something now. I'd, I'll take anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think maybe the better way to say it is, you know, don't hire until it's appropriate to hire. Right. Yes, I agree. Yeah. You know, but don't hire till it hurts, I think is kind of a ridiculous thing. Yeah. No, I completely agree. And I'll tell you another another little perspective I would have on this. So my first hire going back many, many, many years ago was actually one of my best friends. I would say, looking at me, why, looking back, why did I make that decision? And I'd say that actually it was the easy decision, meaning I didn't actually know how to hire anybody. I I didn't know where to begin. So the fact that I was obviously, you know, I was probably perhaps sitting down, having a drink at a bar with my friend, and it's like, oh, you know what, the business is growing really quick. I really need help. Oh, you should come and work with me. That'll be fun. (laughs) We'll have a great time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we've all done that too. Right. (laughs) Where we're just like caught up in the moment. And I think sometimes because this whole hiring process is so mysterious, Mm. we make just ridiculous errors of judgment that otherwise we wouldn't make. Definitely. And I think as well, and I guess a lot of this, give me your input on what you think with this. Like, I think a lot depends on the individual, like your own personality as well, how you would handle that type of thing. I mean, for me, I'm not actually very good. This is probably why I drink sometimes to excess. Like I'm actually personally not very good in sort of face-to-face environments with people I don't know. Right. So the idea of actually interviewing someone, and I suppose it's a lack of experience as well. And this is this perhaps me two years ago before obviously you came in and helped us in this area. I couldn't think of anything worse than maybe sitting down and interviewing somebody when I had no idea what I was actually doing in that type of situation. (laughs) Yeah. Well, let's unpack that. Like you said, this show is called Just a Tips. It is. It is indeed. Yeah. And so talking about that, the first thing that goes wrong, and I think we talked about this in a previous episode to a certain extent, great hiring begins long before you put up an ad, long before the interview process, long before any of that. right? And you need to figure out who is the person that you're looking for. And that comes down to what function inside of the company are they going to play? Right. What actually needs to happen, like very, very specifically. And that needs to be thought about, like both from a now perspective and also with a little bit of the future in mind, so that you can kind of see where might this go with us working with this person or getting help in here. And if you're clear on what you actually need done, then it's way easier to go out and find somebody who seems like they know how to do that. Right. Right. Like essentially, like at its very, very basic level, what we're looking for is current needs and anticipation of future needs in a particular area of the business with responsibilities and then trying to find somebody who is the best match possible for those responsibilities and also for the culture of the company that we're trying to create. Right. That's like at its core level, like that's really what this is all about. I would say most 
hiring problems and most ones that cost us tons of money later down the road can eventually be traced back to the fact that we didn't do that planning job Mm. good enough. Right. So you're saying instead of just thinking, oh my gosh, everything's so crazy here. I think I need an assistant. And then let me just go and hire an assistant. And then you get that person. It's like, uh, what are, what are we actually doing? I don't know. Just take some stuff off me. You're saying sit down <laughs> first and say, well, actually, what are you doing? What will that person's tasks and position be within the company? What exactly, if they're there for eight hours a day working, like what does their day look like? What are they taking off you? What does that person serve within the business? Is that what you're saying? That you've got to sit down yeah. and brainstorm that first. Absolutely. And I know that a lot of people initially react, ah, oh, man, I don't like, I don't have time to sit down and do that. Don't you see all the things I'm doing already? Right. I'm stretched too thin. I got a million things on my plate and everything else. And it's one of these things where if you pay a small price today, mm-hmm. you'll get a big reward later and most certainly avoid a big cost later. But if you're not willing to pay that small price today, chances are good you're not going to get the reward and you're going to get a big cost instead. You know, yeah. and many things in life require that level of preparation, right? A right. That's what needs to be done here. And it doesn't have to take forever, right? Like that's one of the other important things to understand right. is whether it's, you know, taking things off your plate, it's a new role inside of the company because you're trying to expand. You just, you know, things are growing and now you need new help or whatever. Taking a few minutes to sit down and say, okay, what exactly needs to happen here in order for this to be successful? Getting clear on what you think a successful mm-hmm. outcome would look like, that is the working on your business side of things, right? And you right. have to be able to have at least a few minutes to sketch out an idea of what you want done in order for this person to be successful. Because I wish I could tell you that recruiting that person from Bed Bath & Beyond was the only mistake that I made (laughs) in my early days. (laughs) Because it certainly wasn't. There is a a lot of them. And one of the other mistakes that I made was thinking that people would actually just know what needed to be done. Right. Yeah, it's it's funny you said that. So you know, you know what I just mentioned a little bit ago where I said I had a I did stuff really wrong at the start and so it gave me a bad experience and put me off hiring again in future. Yeah. That was the mistake. I was at a point where it was only me. You obviously I think you know, probably everybody reads the 4-hour work week, you know, yeah. and so you think, "Ah, I'm at that point now. I need a virtual assistant." <laughs> and it's like it's so easy to just get a virtual assistant, like doing things wrong. You're just like, oh, that, I'll just list it on at work or whatever and just get somebody. And that was the mentality I went into that exact scenario with. You know, so I've just jumped in. I've now got somebody full time. I'm like, yeah, I'm amazing. Look at all the progress I'm making. I have a virtual assistant. Yeah. And they were then like every day, like, what am I working on? What should I be doing? And it actually felt like in the end that they were a burden on me because I was thinking, why don't you just get on with things? <laughs> like, why, why are you bothering me every day? Do the stuff that I don't want to do. <laughs> and of yeah. course, like it sounds stupid to actually say it out loud, but I'm glad you said it because I was actually putting off detailing what that mistake was because I thought that sounds stupid. <laughs> no, it's and it's not just you and it's not just me with everybody that I've talked with. We're all guilty of this to a certain extent. We have this fantasy that people will come <laughs> into our worlds as mind readers right. and know exactly what needs to be done. And even if you're in a more well-established company and you're talking about hiring somebody at the highest level, 
that person still needs to know what is the vision for the company? What are our goals? What's the outcome we're trying to achieve? Like all those things, even if their job is to sort of figure out how to get there, if you don't orient people and help them know where they're going, the chances of success are very low. Right. It'd be kind of like saying to a developer, I need you to build me a website and then walking off and coming back a month later to look at the finished thing and saying, that doesn't look like what I needed. Yeah, that's no, that's a <laughs> great like, example. You didn't really tell me what you needed. <laughs> yeah, and just being outraged that it didn't work correctly. Like, <laughs> right, And you're like, what's wrong with you? And it's really, well, I certainly didn't set this up for success in the beginning. Right. 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 Indeed. Yes. And so I think that's, you know, that's a critical thing that needs to be addressed in order to get people on your team functioning effectively is, you know, they need to know what their position on the team is and what's expected of that position. And I have experienced exactly what you're talking about, where you hire people and then they're just like either sitting there and looking at you or. Or I would say at the time, I felt like they were nagging me. Right. Yeah, I agree. Right. And I'm like, what's happening here? Like, just go do your job. And they're like, but you haven't told me what my job is. Right. Yes. <laughs> and I think I remember specifically feeling at that stage, I was like, it is far worse to have people working for you than it is to be on your own. <laughs> like, yeah. I, will, I, I remember saying, like, I will not do this again. It's a terrible idea. Like, I'm now working twice as hard, twice as many hours, and I should have been working half. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And you're paying somebody and, <laughs> right. and you're dealing with their questions. So dealing with their questions takes away time from what you're actually doing and all these things, right? And so I think that it is understandable that most people are gun shy about hiring or most people feel uncomfortable at best people yeah. feel uncomfortable with it at worst they either avoid it or create mm. all sorts of mess and problems for themselves and then the people that they're hiring yeah right? absolutely oh well you've you've actually made me feel better if not anyone else <laughs> yeah well <laughs> you're not alone not the only one that's not great at this <laughs> <laughs> no no i have never met anybody who is naturally great at this. Oh, good. There we go. There's hope for us all yet, then. Yeah, there's hope. Well, I don't know about you, but there's hope for, <laughs> there's hope for like most of us. <laughs> no. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, then. So somebody has sat down, yeah. they've listed out, they think, right, these are all the things that I need somebody to take care of. I'm clear. I've got the clarity. Where do we go next? Now we actually have something that we can send out into the world, right? Right. If you've seen these like TV shows and stuff where, you know, the police sketch artist is listening to somebody and then they sketch out what that person looks like. Yes. And that picture goes on like a missing persons report or something. Right. Yep. Right. Now we've created that picture. So it's easy for people to self-identify into what we're asking, we're actually asking them to do, right? Right, sure. And so that is the thing that we take and we do put everywhere, right? We put that on our social, right? Hey, I'm looking for this type of person. Right. We put it on, we can put it on job sites like Indeed or ZipRecruiter or Monster or any one of those. We can put it in a whole variety of places. And one of the things that we have in the course is my, like my little black book of all the best places to hire people. But the top ones even are really good 
but they're only going to work as good as the information that you put in there, right? And so that's why it's so important mm. to have a clear understanding of what is this role that we're hiring for? What are the responsibilities of this role? And how are we going to measure success in this role? Like, what does good look like? But once we have that, we can put it all over the place and we can actually start attracting people into what I call our, our magnetic hiring funnel. And mm. all that means is that instead of having resumes to go through, here's a crazy number. And I'm not sure if I've shared this before, but 86% of people have admitted to lying or at least stretching the truth in some substantial way on their resume. Mm. Yeah, I can imagine. It's, it, well, it sounds like a staggering statistic, but it's more than believable as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And maybe the other 14% just didn't want to admit to it. Yeah. They, they were the 14% that not only lied in the first place, they're now lying about the lie. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny too, because when I was at my very first job out of college, I was working for a really big software company. And one day, this announcement comes through our email that our chief financial officer resigned abruptly. Oh, and right. we we're, you know, a publicly traded company, one of the 10 biggest software companies in the world at the time. And everyone is all like, oh my God, I wonder what happened. Like what mm. what's going on? Was there like fraud? Was there embezzlement? Like all these things, you know, because this guy is controlling a multi-billion dollar budget, right. dealing with Wall Street analysts, everything else. Turns out he lied on his resume. Oh wow. He had said he went to Stanford Business School. When in fact, he never even went to business school at all, which, <laughs> right. <laughs> which, is, which is quite a stretch of the truth, right? right. And, uh, and I guess somebody found out about it and made it public. But this guy was working in his role for 10 years. Oh, wow. And so it's, it's like, man, if it can happen at that level inside of that type of company, don't you think it's possible <laughs> that somebody that you're hiring to be like your VA might? not be telling you exactly what you need to know on their resume. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> let's go into this with the realistic expectations here. Yeah, let's go into it. So that's like one of the problems with resumes is that there's lies and non-truths right. scattered throughout there. And they only paint a picture of what that person wants you to see as opposed to you getting the information that you need in order to match that person up against the ideal that you're looking for, right? Is right. That, you know what I'm saying? It's like that person might actually be able to do some of the things that you need, but if when they put their resume together, they didn't think those things were relevant or important, it wouldn't even be on the resume and vice versa. Like They mm -hmm. might just have stuff on there that has nothing to do with your role because at its best, a resume is just a snapshot of what somebody chooses to share with you about their work experience. Right. And sometimes it's true, sometimes it's not true, but even that is is an incomplete picture, at least as it pertains to the thing that you're hiring them for. Right. Okay. So so what we're saying here then is is essentially when we are clear on who and why and all that kind of stuff and we start actually advertising, we don't just really want to throw up a job ad and only be sort of asking for a resume here and just basing any f decisions going forwards off of that. There's more to this process, right? There's more to the process. And not only all of that, reviewing resumes is incredibly time consuming. Mm, yes, <laughs> I can definitely say that. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but when I was in my corporate job and early when I was trying to figure out how to hire for my own companies, 
I would spend so much time looking at resumes, my eyes would just gloss over. And I was like, man, I think I would rather jump in front of a moving train than to keep doing this. <laughs> right. And I, I have a I have a real life story where I'm I was like immensely grateful that I had your process in place. So I was hiring as as you know, James, but for the benefit of everyone else, like I was hiring for my PA, my personal assistant, Haley. So obviously I was following your process because that's what you were teaching me at the time. I remember we put this this job ad up and we've actually got Indeed here in the UK, the job site. I'd started there and I remember we, I can't remember the exact number, but I'm sure it was a little over 300 resumes were submitted and applications submitted. And yeah. I remember thinking like, I couldn't without your your strategy here, I couldn't actually have physically got through this. Because this was actually what I was hiring for. I needed an assistant to help me with <laughs> right, administrative right, exactly. tasks or all this kind of stuff. And here I am. So I, I just wanted to put some like real spotlight on the stuff you're about to share because like it would have actually prevented me from finding the right person had I not have actually had a better process in place. Yeah. Well, it is incredibly time consuming and ironically reviewing resumes when you really need to hire somebody is probably like the last thing you need on your plate is hours and hours of additional work. Right. Right. That's when you don't need hours and hours of additional work is when you're trying to find somebody to relieve the pressure or something like that. Exactly. And, exactly. Yeah. So one of the best things, and you see this in certain companies, is that there's an application process. Yes. Right. And you ask, you create an application that asks the right questions that help you understand, does this person sound like they could do the things required of this role and these responsibilities that we're trying to hire for, right? And that's why right. it's so critical to do the first step because without that first step, you're not really able to build a meaningful application. And without a meaningful application, you're never going to be able to match up this person with the thing. And so the application asks the types of questions that you would want to ask in a preliminary interview mm. that gives people an opportunity to talk about whether they have the skills and the ability to do the things that you want them to do once they're in this role. Right. So you're saying figure out some specific questions that would elicit specific responses from that person's viewpoint that would enable you to kind of get a bit of an insight, I guess, into how they might view the role or perform within the role that gives you some indication as to whether that might be the suitable person. Is that what you're kind of saying here? Yeah, that's that's exactly right. I mean, like, think about a simple example. Like, let's say we're hiring a videographer. Right. One of the questions that I would want to know is... What kinds of videos have you created? Have you created sales videos? Have you created ad videos? Have you created sizzle reels? Have you created presentations? Like, what kinds of videos have you done? Right. Right. And I want to know all those things. And then on top of that, I want to see links to a portfolio where I could go look at the videos. I want to know what kinds of companies that this right. person has worked with. Right. If I'm a, an e commerce company, and this person has only worked with nonprofits, that right. might be an issue, right? Because we're going to have a different focus. And so I want to know those things. And so on the application, I'm basically reverse engineering the questions that I want to know the answers to that would help me understand 
whether I have somebody who appears to be a good fit. And by good fit, I mean matches up with the planning work that we talked about a few minutes ago. Right. Absolutely. So so I guess like the simple way, because I, I like to sort of simplify it down in my own brain, like on how I approach this, because like I say, I've gone through this with you. So for let's say if somebody's looked like somebody's gone through those initial stages that you said, and, you know, and they've got really clear. And I think this as you've continued explaining this, I, I think it's become even more evident, like why it will go massively wrong if you don't get clear first on who you're looking for and why. Right. And so like, I guess what you're kind of saying to everybody here is, is that if you know, for example, you're hiring for a role that, you know, priorities change relatively fast. It's a fast paced company, can be quite stressful, juggling multiple projects often at times. You might ask a question knowing that you need somebody that can handle that. You might come up with some kind of question that gets them to give you a response around situations where they've been under pressure perhaps or you know maybe like what's the most number of projects you've been managing or dealing with at any one time things like this is that putting it in the right way is that pick up on what you're sharing here that's exactly right it's like okay tell me how many projects you've you know you've managed at once you know tell me how frequently your projects have changed tell me about a time when you were working on one project and then you needed to get pulled into another one and what happened and how did everything go Right. Yes. Um, I don't know if I'm going to put you on the spot here, but hopefully you, you can answer this. If not, if not, it'd be funny. But uh, I remember when when we were going through this together, when you were helping us with this, and this was actually an area initially, which is why I just wanted to go over it a bit more, that I was kind of like, I understand what you're saying, but I just don't know what to ask. And so hopefully we're helping everyone to get clear on that. But there was one specific question that I remember you telling me that that you said was kind of, your, I think you said it was like your favorite question. This was the one that you always looked at first. And there was a specific question. Right. Yeah. Do you remember that? Do you remember what that was? Do you, do you mind sharing that one thing with, with every? Because I think this is one that everyone could use, right? Yeah. No, I don't mind sharing that at all. And I actually got this from Nancy, who we had on the show a long time ago. It's how do you know when you're doing a good job? Yes, that's it. I was just thinking, I hope he remembers. But yeah, clearly it is your favorite one. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a great question because... It cuts through so much. Right. Our vision for success must align with this person that we're hiring. Right. And if it doesn't, it's really not worth it to continue, you know, drilling into this person's qualifications and criteria and everything else. So here's an example. If you're hiring a salesperson and your vision for success in that salesperson is that they are meeting or exceeding their targets, right? whether it's you know close rate or you know number of outbound calls or like whatever the targets happen to be for that person and there and on their application you say hey what's what do you think success looks like for you in this role and they say well you know everybody on the team thinks I'm a really great guy <laughs> right that doesn't line up right there's a clear mismatch there and yes. i'm not going to be happy with you in this role if I think it's success is one thing and you think it's a completely different thing. And right. so as and and that sort of leads into, you know, the screening process after people have been filling out these applications and everything, if you have these disqualification questions built in, mm-hmm. meaning these are your non-negotiables, right? That's right. all it means. And if somebody doesn't answer the right way to one of these questions, they're immediately disqualified. Right. That's going to be different for every single role. Again, why it's so important that you do the pre-planning work 
so that you know how to disqualify people. And disqualifying people is incredibly important because like you said, when you were hiring Haley, Mm. you had 300 applications. You don't want to read through all 300. You don't want to... That's an enormous amount of time. So if you have some key questions in there that if the answer wasn't the way that you wanted it to be, Mm. you could immediately eliminate that person from the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I just want to say from my side to everyone listening, like this was like absolutely key and and I love how you just put that. Like it's a non-negotiable. Like you know, in you know with absolute certainty, like this is the type of person I need. And if anybody's answers or response to those specific questions doesn't meet that, you don't have to spend that time, you know, considering everything else they provided. You don't have to read the resumes and you know look at everything else and do all the other stuff that you might might want to do. You can just literally trim down you know, the numbers of people, because if it is, you know, dependent on the role and the person, you could be like I was, you know, for me, a personal assistant was obviously like quite a popular role that, you know, obviously there's clearly a lot of people that have that, you know, want to put themselves in that role. Clearly, you've got to be able to trim that down so you can reduce the numbers of the number of hours that you're going to spend doing this process. That for me was huge. As yeah, the part it, of the hiring crowd. I, I will never, I can't see any other way of doing things now. I really can't. Any other way of doing it is, um, is a waste of time. Right. And so again, though, it's, it's so always keep coming back to the fact that the more thought and effort you put into planning, the easier everything else downstream becomes. And that's why you do pay that little price early and get dividends later down the line. So that's really like a very high level overview of how mm. to set up you know, this magnetic hiring funnel and it's magnetic because we're putting something out there that will be attractive. This sounds like me, right? right. That's what we want. That's what we want people to be thinking when they see mm. what this position entails. Oh, that sounds like me, right? Yeah. That's going to encourage the right people to apply. And then really it's a funnel simply because we're allowing people to enter all of their information and then we're putting up these disqualification questions and everything so that we can screen through people so that you know maybe we've got a role that we hired for recently i think we had like 215 applications in about a week and i screened through those very quickly and found top 3 people that right. we had uh, we had selected and so going from you know 215 to 3 people in a short period of time is an enormous benefit no matter what but especially when you're under pressure and you have limited amount of time to spend on this. Yeah. No, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, I think this hopefully has been hugely, hugely helpful. I think for anybody hiring, or even if you have started hiring and you you're not sure if you've done it right, or you feel like something's not right, then possibly there is uh, something not right. And I think this process, as I've sang your praises many times, was just huge for us and and for the company. And and like I say, I I just don't see any other way of doing things now. And so you mentioned a bit ago, James, didn't you, that uh, you've got your new course and program. Hiring like a boss. Yes. So I am personally going to say like anybody that's listened to this show that knows that this show was kind of perfect timed for them, you know, you're in that position right now, or you know you're going to be very soon, or maybe you, you've already got loads of hires, but you, you just don't know if you're great in that area. And I think that does apply to a lot of people. It's not a natural gift that comes to anybody. And I've 
firsthand been through your process and it is just transformational. So I'm definitely going to suggest every listener here does get into that program. How can they do that, Mr. James? Well, we have set up a special way for our esteemed Just the Tips listeners. Hopefully, it might be just more than your mom. I guess we'll see if her <laughs> right. if she decides that she needs to do hiring. Um, but just the hiring tips. Ooh, I see what you did there. Yeah, just the hiring tips.com. And you go there and see all of the information about the program. It's called Hiring Like a Boss. There's a ton of bonuses that are included. We talk about who to hire, attracting the best people screening and recruiting, interviewing, onboarding people, personality secrets, so you understand how to get the right personalities in the right roles. Mm. got a full implementation guide on how to actually go through all this stuff. And one of the other things that I know uh, a lot of people have asked me for help with over the years is sometimes you need to let people go mm. and you know they're not the right fit or you made, a, you made a mistake. Believe me, like I told you guys all of the, some of the mistakes that I made. <laughs> and so, you know, letting people go also, there's like a great way to make sure you're doing that. And so that's hiring like a boss and you get at just the hiring tips.com. Yeah. I think uh, everybody who's gone through it so far has told me it's super helpful. And I would love for you guys to get your hands on it. If it's something I feel like can help you grow, and scale your own business. Amazing. Amazing. So uh, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely pick that up guys. And uh you should write into the show as well and let us know how much it helps. We love to hear that feedback, don't we? Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, that's that's good. So I think we'll wrap this up here. I mean, we yeah. could we could talk about other phases of hiring, but we've already gone over our usual time right. by quite a bit here. But Too many yeah, tips to is... give. That's your problem, James. <laughs> Too many tips. Yeah, that's right. So thank you guys for tuning in today. We appreciate you. Tell your friends about the show. And we will talk with you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in to Just the Tips, where we believe business should be profitable and fun. For show notes, links, and other information on our guests, visit justthetipsshow.com. For more information on how to connect with Dean Holland, visit deanholland.com. And if you'd like to go from being a hustling entrepreneur to an effective CEO, capable of running your company without being stuck in the day-to-day, visit me for free training and resources at jamespfreel.com. Our theme music is Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License.